With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on the Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. Where it's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We have so much to talk about, including the Spirit Awards nominations, which just happened right now. Um, and today is also Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday. She had a very good birthday morning. She did, because uh, she's a nominee, Joyce, for a Spirit Award for that great independent film, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, um, they, the, the budget of it was around $25 million. That was what they read. Raised their cap to 30 million. Right. It used to be 22.5. So we'll go through the Spirit Award nominations where there were seemingly a couple of like major snubs and then uh, a lot of movies uh, nominated that I expected to see there and some that I was like happy to see. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, like this year's, the changes were the budget went from 22 and a half to 30 million. And uh, there's now all gender neutral categories for the actors, much like the Gotham Awards. Yes, and then they also added another um, acting category as well, breakthrough performance. So it's like hilarious because for that, they have five nominees, but for the lead and supporting categories, still 10. And you know, I'm against this. If you're going to do gender neutral categories, just make it five for everything. And there's still only one winner out of the 10. Yeah, which is fine, but just make it five. Like we all know you, you just still want the star power right of four categories so right. you still want the 20 i will say i am a huge fan of breakthrough performer and i would love to see that at the oscars too i think that would be like such an easy one for them to add if they're ever going to add categories it'd be so much fun but it's also it's like in theory it's fun but i think it's just weird when people have different ideas of what a breakthrough performer is like for instance here stephanie sue is nominated and like to me she's already broken through because she has a sag award for the marvelous mrs Maisel. So, like, I understand she's not, like, a huge star. I'm not saying she is. But for Breakthrough, for me, I think of, like, this is your first notable role. And I don't think of this as so, it for her. <laughs> so, yeah, I would agree. Stephanie Sue being on here is hilarious because she's also a, a major Broadway star. I feel like yes. she's in a lot of theater productions. And obviously was in Mrs. Maisel and was on, in uh, Shang-Chi last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But there she is among the breakthrough performer category here, which is just felt like another way to get everything everywhere. Uh, another nomination. It led with, uh, I believe, eight nominations. And then Tar had seven uh, followed closely behind. Um, why don't we do it? Why don't we start? Yeah, with like best... no, nothing, nothing surprising there. No. So. Why don't we start with best breakthrough? So it was Frankie Corio for After Sun, which I think is like a legitimate. This is like the platonic ideal of breakthrough performance. She's a young uh, actor. Um gotta be i mean she's playing i think 11 years old in the movie so she's like a kid uh but she's great uh gracia filopovich for marina stephanie sue for everything everywhere uh lily mcinerney for palm trees and power lines which which ended up with a lot of nominations and i have not seen that one joyce felt like that has a uh, jay tuck jonathan and tucker he's a nominee joyce Love jonathan, jonathan tucker. tucker that was pretty cool and then uh daniel zolkardi for funny pages so that was breakthrough performance i assume frankie corio will win no offense to stephanie sue uh for being 
a breakthrough, non-breakthrough? I mean, I could see everything everywhere just sweeping because for the winner's round, um, everyone uh, can vote, like everyone in film independent. You, so you, we, we can become members. I don't know if you are, I'm not. But I'm not. If, like, you know, all of film Twitter can be a member. You just pay a fee and then you can vote for the winner. I mean, how much is the fee, Joyce? Do I have know? no idea. Let's look into that because I mean I could vote for these. I'm I'm, I'm a um, I mean you go ahead and do that. I Maybe to... I'll do it when we could do a group vote, me and you together. Just one okay. vote between the two of us. One vote. One vote <laughs> rules them all. Uh, but yeah, so like the for the nomination round is like committees determining. Right. But then for the winners, if if you if you're willing to pay the fee, you can vote for the winners. Right. So well, so but that's why but... the winners tend to be less exciting than the slate of nominees. Right. And my impression of the Spirit Awards is obviously always it's like what's going to win here probably won't win at the Oscars usually right? It's well, that normally. I mean, back then, back in like the eighties and nineties, but right. it's becoming a lot more. Um, I don't know, like mainstream, I guess, especially of the race cap, and then a lot of like for a while there, a lot of um, their acting winners did not overlap with the Oscars, right? But we've gotten more and more of that if like they're eligible here too, right? So do you want to do what we could just do the other performance categories, I think, first, then we could do feature. We're just kind of going to go through these quickly. Uh, so for best uh, lead performance choice and you 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 wisely pulled up the Gotham Awards list. So you could you could we could cross reference these after I read them off. Cape Blanchett for Tar, uh, Dale Dickey for A Love Song, Mia Goth for Pearl, which I know a lot of people are probably pretty excited to see because that has become like a film Twitter fave, I feel like, and her performance. Yes. Uh, Regina Hall for Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Paul Mescal for After Sun, Aubrey Plaza for Emily the Criminal, Jeremy Pope for The Inspection, Andrea Reesborough for Two Leslie, Taylor Russell for Bones and All, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And two people we did not mention there, Joyce, who maybe people expected to see. Um, Brendan yeah, Fraser. people who were nominated at the Gothams. Were Brendan Fraser for The Whale and Daniel Deadweiler for Till. Now, we're assuming that they were eligible because how much money could both of those movies have cost? But there is exactly. at least in theory, a but a plausible deniability because there is a budgetary discrepancy. The Gotham Awards ceiling was 35 million and the Indie Spirit Awards. Yes, that is true. Is but you're telling me both of those movies cost more than 30 million. So, so the whale takes place in a single room and single uh, room. Um, yeah, uh, Till uh, has more locations. Till is way more of a production, but also feels like it would, could have been made for less than $35 million, uh, $30 million, excuse me. Uh, so we're assuming they were snubbed. But, you know, of this list, nothing else really surprised me, I guess, right? Like, how about you? Um, No. Um, I, yeah, like Dale, Mia, um, Paul, not surprising at all. Like, uh, or even like Taylor, like that just feels like Bones and All overall, it just feels like a film they would go for. So at Gotham, their nominees were uh, Kate Blanchett, Daniel Deadweiler, Dale Dickey, Colin Farrell for After Yang because uh, Banshees of Inisherin, ineligible there and also here because it's international with spirits. Um, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, Tendiway Newton, Audrey Plaza, um, Taylor Russell, and Michelle Yeoh. So, um, you know, most... Uh, a lot of overlap um and then a lot of women too um i think it's it's eight out of ten here right uh, spirits yeah that's what it looks like yeah. right uh paul so, and Jeremy identify as yeah so great for them but i think in supporting there's only two women right right 
the other I or maybe looking, three no i, I don't think three uh three it looks like the yeah. other um other person not here would be who is eligible would be jennifer lawrence for causeway which i was a little disappointed because i think she's amazing in the movie but i guess the the not brian here. is uh, gonna be representing Brian seemingly is representing the movie uh, throughout the award season. And we'll probably try to continue that on through the Oscars. I would say this seemingly comes down to Michelle versus Kate, because those are the two most uh, nominated movies. And seemingly that's what people yes. are expecting to be the Oscar race as well. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick here at the moment. Probably Michelle. I think I have Michelle winning at the Gotham's as well. But at the Gotham's, it's uh, like five people voting for the winner. Right. Here, here, I can see Michelle definitely winning. Yeah, it's like all of film Twitter voting for the winner. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, Lydia Tarr is an icon. Now she is. It's a great so, character and like a great Kate performance. And while I think, you know, it's so it's she's so memeable. And while I think the movie is definitely not for everyone, I think everything everywhere is definitely more consensus. I feel like everyone loves Kate and her performance. So I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Um. And then I don't think like the snubs for Brendan or Danielle matter. Like it's, they're still going to be okay for the Oscars nomination wise. And, you know, the spirits um, have snubbed Oscar frontrunners before. Like they totally blanked Shape of Water, did mm -hmm. not nominate it. That's like a significant one, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I think like sometimes they just don't go for like certain movies. And it's not like neat, like either the whale. Um, or till were um like beloved or like critically acclaimed um films in the way that tar or everything everywhere are you know right um you know they i, I mean till got better reception than the whale whale is more divisive for sure so my takeaway is i agree with what you're saying there completely i would say the only things especially for brendan i feel like this has no bearing on his status as an Oscar contender. And certainly best actor is uh, not the most robust category as we've talked about many times. So I feel like he's still a front runner to win seemingly. And this doesn't really take away from that. The only concern I would have uh, two things, I guess I would say is like maybe like red flags that don't really mean anything, but like in hindsight could mean something to me are like, a, like we've said, the whale is pretty polarizing and he didn't win best actor at Venice. He's not nominated here. I think like if you're just going down the line being like Brendan Fraser all the way, the lock of the locks, I don't believe that's true based on like what we're seeing so far. I don't think he'll prevent him from getting a nomination, but I don't think he could, he's not a lock to win, I guess. Not that anybody is, but. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, And I think maybe what we're seeing i guess like those are two the two main examples right now that we have um but it it feels like he does have this narrative and everyone loves him um the internet loves him and i think everyone would be happy for him if he were to win right um but i think there is maybe there's like so much hype over his performance like people have been anticipating it and there's just so much curiosity around it too because like they've been so secretive about releasing full body <laughs> images of him too and you know they kept the trailer under wraps for forever um that maybe you know when you eventually see it like if you're a voter it it, it feels more like like work or like an obligation 
to like acknowledge him. Whereas like if you're just watching one of these other performances with lower expectations, less hype, and it, it feels more organic when you're blown away by those performances, you know? Yeah, for sure. And the other thing, I mean, like we've talked about this and not like it's obviously not a direct comparison, but there does feel like a little bit of like the Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins race yeah. in here, because like I think like Brendan Fraser is the person everyone loves and like is going to outwardly talk about on social media. But when push comes to shove, when somebody's going to vote for a winner, uh, they're going to pick what they like and more than something that they like feel like they're going to, you know, they're going to pick the performance they like rather than like the meme, I guess. Yeah. Or like they, they don't want to be told or forced to vote for something if they right. don't genuinely like it. And like, right. to be fair in that case too, Anthony Hopkins was also getting like goat performance notice, sure. too. but it was right. more that the father was a late breaker and you know, he clearly did not campaign that much. Sure. <laughs> did like sure. one interview with Colbert, yeah. Yeah. you know? So like different situations, but it does have like kind of a similar vibe where like one person uh, was or has been the front runner for right. the majority of the season. It, the other thing I would say for Till, I don't think it matters. And I still have Daniel Deadweiler in, but I think it's just a, that's another data point that what if people aren't really watching this movie? It did not, has it's not on, done well at the box It's out on office. VOD today. It's out on VOD finally, which is uh, now- Finally after a month. Less finally. Than a month well, it's funny because a lot of these movies are. Tar is also on VOD already. And like, I think Armageddon Time is, if not already coming soon. I think it's today too. So it's like, it's interesting that a lot of these awards movies have like, quote unquote, flopped in their- ticket sales in the theaters but i mean you know the what thing hasn't is, flopped ticket to paradise no it's great <laughs> get a sequel up um but i would like again like we've talked about like who if people are not going to watch till they're not going to pick daniel deadweiler no matter how enticing the narrative is no matter how good a performance is and like maybe they just didn't watch it here right like who knows yeah or you know they could just like these other performances sure. better like of a course. lot like you know like people like mia golf like that has a lot of passion behind it. And I do think like Danielle has passion behind her performance too, but I don't think it's the same compared to Mia when her, like that movie is so different. It's right. um, like a slasher film. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Till is a lot more um, traditional Oscar bait. So you yeah, might feel more incentive to back Mia right. than Danielle. And so. So we'll see. Supporting performance choice. The nominees were Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Nina Haas for Tar, Brian Darcy James for The Cathedral, uh, Kihu Kwan for Everything Everywhere, Travante Rhodes for Bruiser, Theo Rossi for Emily the Criminal, Mark Rylance for Bones and All, Jonathan Tuck for Palm Trees and Power Lines, and Gabrielle Union for The Inspection. That is a dope list. It's really good. Amazing. So happy for Jay Tuck. Love it. Oh, man. So Kingdom happy for Justified. Come on. Yeah, I, so this is a really fun list. Uh, like we said, no way also Hong Chow not represented and none of the women talking people because it is nominated for the Robert Altman Award, which makes it ineligible here. Or it's it's getting the Robert Altman Award. Right, so it, it makes it ineligible for individual recognition for the cast. So we don't know who they would have nominated here were they able to, I guess. Probably Jesse or Claire. Or both, I mean, seemingly, right? So Je Jesse Buckley and Ben Wishaw got in at Gotham. Right. So Gotham was Jesse Buckley, Raul Castillo, Hong Chao, Brian Tyree Henry, Nina Haas, Naomi Merlant, uh, Kiki Kwan, Mark Rylance, Gabrielle Union, and Ben Wishaw. Right. So we're missing two woman talking folks. Right. And, and one tar, which is my, my favorite, the Naomi yes. Merlant performance, which I do love. It's so good. But my, my girl Nina Haas got in. Yeah. <laughs> I, so 
Gabrielle Union keeps popping up on these lists. We don't have her. We have not really talked about her as like a legitimate supporting actress contender. It would be really cool because who doesn't want to see Gabrielle Union throughout award season? She's definitely out there though. She was at the Governor's Awards this weekend and like I mean, who wasn't at the governor? Everyone was. But I would say, like, I mean, she's somebody I think we could, like, could, I guess, seemingly be in that 6 to 10 range, I could see, uh, of nominations in a very crowded supporting actress race. Yeah, I think she and Jeremy Pope are just in the same boat here. Like, that movie just needs to pop more for, I think, either of them to be a real legitimate threat. Right. So. And I guess you could say the same thing for like Causeway of Brian Tyree Henry, who was all over the place this weekend with Jennifer Lawrence and they're like kind of pushing him. I don't know who would win here, Joyce. I gotta say, I mean, like the logic would be one of the everything everywhere people because it has the most nominations. But like, what if it's Mark Rylance for Bones and All? His wacky ass Bones and All performance. Um, That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, Would love to see it. I, I actually... I don't know because well I think between the everything everywhere duo I think Ihi Kwan would have the edge over JLC. I think so too and I think if you're again who knows I mean like you said anybody could vote so it feels like there would be more of a a film Twitter push for for that. Right but well also so like that thing going back to Brendan yeah Ihi Kwan he also has a comeback narrative. Oh yeah. So and he hasn't missed anywhere yet. No I mean he's yeah. We we said this, I think, way early, and like I'm sure we're not the only people, but he definitely has a Troy Kotzer vibe to him, where it's just gonna like, it, yeah. you know, Troy Kotzer won at the Gotham's, and then it was just like full speed ahead. And I feel like we could see a similar thing, uh, for although he wasn't nominated at the Spirits, right? So the Spirits but... they announced their nominations. Oh, no, he was nominated at Spirits, right? Mm-hmm. Or he wasn't, where was he? Not, he I think he nominated. was. Let me see. No, he no, he was oh no, no, they didn't nominate um yeah, um Olivia Coleman. Right. He was nominated. <laughs> was of, like Oscar nominees that they snubbed. Um yeah, and no, he won. He, yeah, yeah, he won. Um but yeah, like Kihi Kwan, I think like not to you know, compare comeback narratives, but I feel like you know, with like Brendan Snub now today too, that like maybe his is the one that's gonna last. <laughs> So I, we'll talk about this later. I wanted, I wanted to talk about, I was at a Fableman's event last night, Joyce, and I had a lot of uh, interesting ideas from, it was a WGA event, but I texted you one of these things during it because I was over, it was an overheard. I had a, a seatmate who worked next to me in television. He was like an AD and he was talking to somebody behind me and the woman behind me who was like a big muckety muck, I'd imagined. She said this, when I know the people involved in the project, I love it. I can't be unbiased. And that I think, like you said, that's how I vote too. And I think yeah. that's how these people vote. So I think like when you talk about like these comeback narratives, like that's a big part of it. And like he, he, Kwan, I think people just genuinely love. And so I think that will help him go a long way to winning well, an Oscar. Like, as we've also talked about before, he was part of so many people's childhoods. Correct. So you have that going. Two and, iconic films. And like Steven he's, Spielberg. <laughs> right. And he's like. So I think that, and Brendan Fraser as well. I think, like we said, Brendan Fraser to me is like the phantom menace of actors, right? Like it's like a certain, people of a certain age absolutely love Brendan Fraser because they grew up with his movies. I'm a little old for that, I'd say. I don't know. I mean, I like, remember my Brendan Fraser exposure is like Encino Man. You know, it's not as much The Mummy. 
because I'm a little older. Um, I don't remember what my first Brendan Fraser film was, but um, I yeah, I think I saw Encino Man later on, but definitely saw George of the Jungle. Right. So I never even seen George of the Jungle. So there you go. So like, I'm like, I'm just like out a little bit on the nostalgia for Brendan Fraser, but I do like him a lot. And I like, I've loved his performances. I thought he was great in No Sudden Move, which I guess was last year. Was it really? last year? It was like two years ago. Oh, no, Soderbergh movie. Yeah. It's really good. Um, anyway, so we'll see. But Aki I- Kwan, I think, could easily win here. And then you have Michelle and-, and him winning the lead and supporting performances and assumingly everything everywhere then winning uh, the best feature category which i guess we could go to next because we haven't even gotten their choice but best feature was after sun i'm sorry that was first feature bones and all everything everywhere our father the devil tar and women talking so pretty pretty much expected here um is that our father the devil's only nomination Mm, let me see i think it is yeah yeah good for it man (laughs) let's go um yeah this is probably between everything everywhere and tar so um there i guess they're not they're not a huge huge fans of after sun which did get into feature at gotham well it got best first feature and i wonder if that means it was ineligible for best feature i don't know no i don't think so yeah so at gotham is after sun the cathedral dos estaciones everything everywhere and tar right so uh yeah i think everything everywhere will win i love the bones and all nomination it feels like the spirit awards are made to honor something like bones and all which is way too strange in certain ways and definitely too violent and graphic to get like significant awards recognition but like from oscars but like having it here at the spirit awards feels really cool so i was happy to see that um yeah and then and then best first feature we could do is after sun emily the criminal the inspection marina and palm trees and power lines yeah now, um, I was trying to see what Bones and All could actually win. I mean, I guess like Mark, maybe, but like that's like an upset pick, but it only got those three nominations, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to win any of these. Yeah. I think like Mark is probably its best chance. So. Yeah. Uh, and I think after some win best first feature based on its other nominations. Yeah. Um, so let's see what else we got. There is the John Cassavetes Award given to the best uh, the best feature made for under a million dollars. The nominees are The Whale. No, I'm just kidding. It was over a uh, million dollars. It's the African Desperate, Love Song, The Cathedral, Holy Emmy, and Something in the Dirt. I've heard of some of these. <laughs> um, I can see The Cathedral. Yeah, it got the acting nomination, but so did The Love Song, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Robert Allman, like we said woman talking so woman talking also got into um director for sarah polly and the screenplay for sarah polly yeah so too. best director was todd field for tar uh Kogonata for after yang the daniels for everything everywhere sarah polly for woman talking and helena rain rain excuse for bodies 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 I assume the Daniels. I don't know. I mean, like, it's funny to think about this because we've been so focused on Spielberg winning Best Director for the Oscars. No, this is like, well, yeah. So last year, last year was The Lost Daughter, right? The Lost Daughter like dominated last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal won last year. Mm. 
Again, if it's a group voting, I can see the Daniels winning because I think Sarah Polly obviously could win. Obviously, with the Aubrey Award, we'll get that, and then could win screenplay as well. Yeah. So, I could see the Daniels winning, and maybe like a tar, a Todd Field tar uh, second. But. Yeah, probably. No snubs yeah. here, unless you think Darren Aronofsky and uh, Shinoye Chukwu were snubbed. But I don't think anybody would have seriously considered them here, even if like Brendan Fraser, even even if the whale was not snubbed and the you know Till was not snubbed in other categories. I don't think either one of them. Would no, have I think here. people were only expecting acting nominations for those. Right. Yeah. Um, for screenplay, like we said, Lena Dunham for Catherine Call Birdie, I think is her best movie. I love it so much. You get to watch that. It's on Amazon right now. It's so much fun. I have not watched that yet. Great script, and I. Would love to see it actually get nominated at the Oscars in adapted screenplay. It definitely could. I don't think it's like hard to imagine that happening. I think it's like too quiet right now. So, I mean, it's, that category is empty. But... The category is empty and it's Amazon. So they're going to spend and it's like really fun. And she's a known quantity. Uh, so I feel like that would also help all of those things. And if people watch it, it's really, really fun. Bella Ramsey is so good. Surprising that she wasn't selected as a breakthrough uh, performer nominee, even though she's obviously not a breakthrough. But if Stephanie Sue is a breakthrough performer, why not uh, Bella Ramsey? For this is like one of when one of the, um, regional critics awards two years ago gave breakthrough performer to Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Sure. When um, like six years earlier, they gave him supporting actor for Nightcrawler. That's awesome. Love it. So love much. to see it. Yeah. I love to see that stuff. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Bella Ramsey is really good in this too. Anyway, uh, Lena Dunham, Todd Field, Koganata, the Daniels, and Sarah Polly. So seemingly Sarah Polly. I here. would need more Sarah yeah. here. And then best first screenplay, which uh it's funny because like stuff like I guess like I guess it doesn't belong like, oh no, after Sun here and best first screenplay, but obviously like best first feature it was here. But Joel Kim Booster for Fire Island. Uh, Jamie Dack and Audrey Finley for Palm Trees and Power Lines, KD uh, Davila for Emergency, Sarah DeLapp for Bodies, 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 and John Patton Ford for Emily the Criminal, which, man, they loved Emily the Criminal. Um, This would be, it would be fun to see Fire Island win. <laughs> I was thinking that based on this list of nominees, and again, like, if you're trying to, they like, didn't, um, like, moments, Palm Springs win this? I think it did. Fire Island is 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 pretty good i would say that, that was my review pretty good pretty good yeah palm springs won this year's go last so, year was pig right yeah. uh pretty good movie fire island it's enjoyable you can watch it on, on hulu choice um yeah so i don't know and joel kim booster is really cool and i think he'd be a fun winner uh supporting we did breakthrough performer we did uh we could go through they have their crafts categories Joyce. you know you love those cinematography was Tar, Marina, After Sun, Pearl, and Neptune Frost. I will say, you'll be shocked to know that I've I've moved Tar into cinematography of my Oscar picks because it's gotten... But it's still out of your Best Picture pick. No, I put it back in. I put. Oh, you did? Oh, please explain. I took Avatar out, uh, watched a new trailer for Avatar, and then was like... You dropped it after the second trailer. I was like, out of here. I'm sorry. I was just like, I can't, I, I just can't. I don't know what this is going to be. And You're like, like I'll it's... take, I'll take back the back half of your title. Yeah. I was just like, uh, it's not screening yet. All the interviews with James Cameron, I feel like are. I think it premiered in Australia. It had a big I, premiere in Australia. Right? I, I heard that they're not going to show it to like, 
they're not going to have it in time. Like people like New York film critics are going to vote before they see mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm like, that's not bad. doesn't mean anything, but the I'm like Star Wars, a force awakens situation again for a critic's choice. Right. So I don't know. I took it out. I put tar back in. I'm not convinced tar is not polarizing, but like you said, it's, it's a, it's a set 10. And it's I will say ten. we're having tough time filling out the 10 <laughs> and and tar i forget where it was and i mean this is again like me half reading a headline but i think tar won a like won a cinematography award at some uh cinematography festival yes. yeah mm-hmm. and so and I, then it was I, it's great cinematography it's just like kind of atypical for the oscars because it's so brutalist the entire yes. film like that because it's in germany but i was like it got nominated there it got nominated here and i had it in before even here and i was just like if it's gonna get uh, the reason one of the things we I took Tar out because we were going through our crafts things. I was like, where's it going to get in? But I think yeah, if but we get, already talked about this. I know, but I'm just saying like it would help if it got other nominations. So it doesn't anyway. matter because it's like even like you can think the crafts in one movie is amazing and vote for it if you're in that field. But that doesn't mean that's your favorite movie. Like you can right. love like the crafts in Babylon. Like if you're like a costume designer, but Tar could be your favorite movie and you're voting for Tar and Best Picture and not Babylon. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I would say like when you have everyone voting for Best Picture, it helps to have like a consensus around the crafts. That's my thing. Yeah, you but know? again, you it could just be like consistently in six. It doesn't mean yeah, that people- it could be. And no one's sure. voting for it. And there's a it 10. It means so like it's right. not going to get in. So right. we just no, don't know it. where it lands. But anyway, I have Tar in. Uh, and Best Editing here, we have The Cathedral. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which is a cute nomination. Not one I would have done, but sure. After Sun, Everything Everywhere, and Tar. Um, I could see Everything Everywhere getting this. Same. Uh, and then uh, we mentioned Women Talking. Uh, best Documentaries, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, A House Made of Splinters, Midwives and Riotsville, USA. Good list. And International Film, Corsage, Joyland, Len- Lenore Will Never Die, and Return to Soul, and St. Omir. That's just a very uh, competitive category in general, not just here. But no, uh, both of these are, honestly. Yeah. They're really tough. I, um, yeah, Doc, I can see just all, all the beauty winning. So I, think I don't know would. about international. Uh, all the beauty should win, but I, I've heard so many great things about all that breathes also. I think yeah. it'll be it'll be competitive at least. Yeah, but like I think like all the beauty, I think with everyone voting, I would give the edge to Sure. That. It seems like the consensus pick. And then for international, I have no idea. I mean, all of these are good. I, I've heard a lot of good things about St. Omer. Uh, I could see that winning. Yeah, I think I see Corsage. Like a lot of Corsage has a lot of. Mm-hmm. And Return to Soul. I've heard a lot of good things about. That's a SPC movie, I believe, as well. So who knows? Uh, and then we could do the rest of these. There's some. There's a producer's award. Uh, Liz Cardenas, Troy Lenoski, and David Grove, Churchill Weist. And then someone to watch award, uh, recognize a talented filmmaker with a singular vision who has not yet received appropriate recognition. Uh, Adama Ebo for Honked for Jesus, Save Your Soul. That's going to really make the Peacock shareholders happy because it also got a, I think it got a Regina Hall nomination, right? Uh, uh, Nikyatu Juzu for Nanny and Arceli Limos for Holy Emmy. Congratulations to them. See, this is like, I do, as much as I'm like, the Spirit Awards don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. No, this is, it's great. Like, this is the stuff it should be more about, I would say, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's just kind of becoming more and more of like a stop on the way to the Oscars. 
what so they already like we said they did the gender neutral categories they 10 nominees and then they're only going to do you know one winner i would say this year that's interesting and that maybe helped because like of the 20 like you said i think best actor i mean sorry best lead performance is eight women and just two men so that's kind of cool because like this year we've said is like much more tilted towards the the you know actress side compared to the male side or actor side mm -hmm. um I don't know. Is there a way to split this up even further or is it getting too convoluted? But I'm like, do they do it? Should they do like different levels of budget for these performances too? Like, would that be no. a waste? I mean, like I look, I'm totally fine. If you want to go gender neutral, cool. Yeah. I just don't think you should have 10 nominees. <laughs> right. You can have five nominees. You're just like trying to have your cake and eat it too. Um, and because again, like there's no reason for all these other categories to not have 10 either then. Right. So. It seems like they could do 10 feature, I would say. You can make all of them 10. Maybe make all of them 10, sure. <laughs> like every single cat could be 10. Like what? It's just, I, yeah. It's like they just, they just still want, everyone still wants the actors. They're like, we know this is a business. Um, right. You know, stars sell, the actors sell. That's what people, the general public recognize. Right. Um, so they, they still want their, their 20 acting nominees. And they got him. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. That's a, uh, we'll talk about this. The ceremony is March 4th choice. And then as with a lot of these, I don't know if it's going to be televised. I think it's on, it was on IFC, but I'm not actually sure if that's confirmed. They were like stream, stream us uh, for March 4th. That's their new date. And then they're going to do a TV uh, nominations list uh, in December, later this month, like in December, I guess they're going to do Yeah, it. they've started doing tv awards they also added an extra category into tv that they didn't have last year so great looking forward to that i love when my movie awards do tv joyce it just makes me it warms my heart right I, yeah uh independent tv sure well all you know it's such a great such a robust list um but no we'll see that and then uh this is actually our first we're not going to do another one we weren't going to talk i didn't even think of this do you want to talk briefly about the gotham awards because we're not going to do another one of these before the gotham awards like what's gonna win <laughs> i mean do we bother going through it i mean we kind of just sort of talked about um who i mean that's pretty like much all the same categories. uh yeah, yeah the I same mean, I don't stuff yeah. yeah i don't think we need to do it but a lot of the stuff we've talked about here would also be winning at the gotham awards i have to update but again it's though. like five people voting in the category I have to update my picks because I have Armageddon time winning best screenplay. You know what's not going to win best screenplay? Armageddon time choice, even with the five people voting. <laughs> that means I haven't looked at this in a little while, I would say. So I'll go back and update it. Um, they so also great. have a TV category there too. So They do. Because I love, I love, I'm telling you, it's not great. It's just, don't, uh, don't think, dilute the product. It's awesome. Go. Yeah, let's just get into TV do and give more awards, even though so many people in film look down on TV because they're just making a 10-hour movie. Right. I will say, so Joyce, I went last night to the Fablemans did a the guild screening here in New York with Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner and Judd Apatow did a Q&A. But I got to tell you, you know what movie is the best? The Fablemans. So good. Uh, I just love See, it. I want to watch it again, but I don't want to go out in the cold to a theater to watch it again. <laughs> so uh, movie's great. I would say watching it again really made me, especially after we've seen a lot of stuff, I would say, and we talked about this and we talked about this maybe like a couple of months. We saw this long time ago, actually, at this point, probably like a few, six weeks. Maybe, we saw it in early October. <laughs> so yeah, like six weeks or so. I would say like, I was like, oh man, it's 
so well made and such good storytelling. Like you said this at the time, it's so long and it doesn't feel very long at all. And I was sitting there last night and I was just like, oh, wow, we're already up to this scene. And this is like towards the end of the movie. Like if like, you know, it's like this, we're already in the third act when they get to California. And I was like, man, this is flying by. It just moves so quickly. It's so well done. Uh, and I would say like a couple of things I thought in the Q&A were A, Man, Steven Spielberg is a great storyteller. Tony Kushner is an even better storyteller. And Judd Apatow is a good moderator. So it was a good mix. Uh, they really harped, uh, like focused on the idea of, because it was for the writers. So it was like much more focused on the writers. But they did talk about the universality of the way it's a, talking about being a creative person. And I found that aspect of it, like probably would be really enticing for people who are Academy members and voters. That it's like, even though it's a story of family, and it's definitely a story about being a film, uh, like a director. It is the idea of being a creative person who is so obsessed with being creative. And I think that will resonate to a lot of people. At least that's like the hope I would imagine beyond like the family forgiveness angle that I guess they're trying to do for like general audiences as it comes out this weekend. Yeah. Tomorrow. Wednesday. Tomorrow. <laughs> In yeah, 800 meters or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I no, I, I think like that's also why, I mean, for Steven specifically, I think that also why it would it it would play well with his peers directors because yes. obviously it's about like how he got his start in directing. But there's just so much. It's it's not it's a love letter to cinema, but not really. It's really like a love letter to filmmaking. Yes. Yeah. You know? The other so nothing not last night i was like so two things that were for my predictions i was like oh obviously i still have it in first for picture and director and i feel like pretty fine with that i was like i love paul dano in the movie i'm just i guess i'm a little worried that it's such a quiet performance especially compared to like michelle williams who is like you know flashing bright like lights the whole time that and judd hirsch is also like very big even in his 10 minutes, I'm like, well, I hope Paul Dano gets in and I, I kept him in, but I was like, it's so quiet in a very loud movie. And I wonder if people like overlook some of the real, like good nuance of his work. That was one thing I thought, I hope he gets in, but. Yeah, I still have him in. I don't have Judd. Um, it, it is, it's, it's like, it's, he is like the steady ship in the night. Yeah. He's just, it's just a very, non-flashy performance but and that's what it calls for because that's what his dad was like IRL um I think it helps that he has the final familial interaction with Sammy in the film and it's a very long very good scene for it's definitely it definitely is his best scene the other thing I was like was I did not I don't think Gabriel uh Gabriel Bell will get in but he's very good but I think it, I don't, I just don't see it, I guess. I, I could, I mean, obviously I could see it happening because who knows, but I, I was like, he's great, but it just doesn't seem like the thing that people will take away from the movie. Well, he's also a 20 year old young man. Yes. If he were a woman, that'll be, he'll have a better chance. <laughs> Certainly would have a better chance. I don't think he would get in either. Cause I think of like Rachel Zegler last year, not getting in. And I was like, I don't think he'll get in either, but. Well, I mean, they they didn't really care for West Side Story in general, or they cared about it too late because it came too late. Right. I mean, at this point last year, West Side Story had not even screened yet. Not for another week. It was November yeah. 29th. Was, yeah, they, I think. They, 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 they had the premiere on Cyber Monday. Or, yeah. 
Huge, huge mistake. Big, huge, as, as Julie Roberts say. The other thing, Jason, I wanted to tell a story. So he, they do a Judd Apatow and, and they did a long Q&A. It was much longer than I had expected. It was over also an hour. Then they did audience questions, which is a, oh, wow. just a fail, right? I mean, like already you're like, holy cow, what is happening? Sometimes like it's just a toss up because the, the Q&As could be really good or just really bad. It so, just depends on like who's asking the question, what the questions are. <laughs> right. So fortunately, Judd, like I said, Judd Apatow was like really good and like really kind of thoughtful. And I felt like he was a great moderator because he wasn't intimidated by Steven Spielberg, but like obviously was like a fan and awe of him. And like you're talking to Steven Spielberg, you're going to especially as a director, I would I would think like you'd be like, wow, these guys so much better. No, I love Judd Apatow, but like, I mean, Steven Spielberg is Steven Spielberg. So you're talking like one of the greatest of all time. But anyway, Judd Apatow is great. But so one of the questions the man this man gets called on. Uh, I don't know how old he was. He wasn't, he wasn't like uh, old. It was just like a regular, you know, just, and he goes, he's asking about the final scene in the movie. It's not a spoiler alert to say that David Lynch is in it playing John Ford. I don't feel like that's a spoiler. We talked about this a month ago. <laughs> and he asked about John Ford and he clearly thinks John Ford is John Huston. And he goes, uh, oh, no. Stephen, uh, I love this scene. Can you talk about this scene? And then have you talked to Angelica about uh, her- Angelica her- Ford her dad and <laughs> there's a muttering in the crowd including me like oh god no and steven spielberg answers the question about like the scene and the john ford and like how much it happened and blah 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 and then i was like okay that's fine and then the man like without his mic this is a follow-up and goes what about angelica he really wanted to know what angelica wait did he sit down what what was it it was in like towards like the front setup? row and so like okay. steven spielberg's up on the so stage he, so he, he didn't was, have the mic i think he didn't have the mic or either way he did a follow-up that was about angelica he really wanted to know what angelica Houston thought of john ford and steven spielberg and ever and then everybody it was like a loud muttering through the I'm crowd mortified because i was like mortified too and there was a loud muttering through the crowd and i was like it's john ford not john Houston, buddy right like and steven spielberg goes god bless him he goes he looked at the man and he goes no, I haven't had a chance to tell her. And they just moved on. And the woman behind me who is like earlier was like, uh, uh, you know, about- uh, uh, I vote Voting, for- she loves people. Yeah, her friends or whatever, yeah. Wow, that was so, This would, that was so gracious of him is what she said. And I was like, that is actually why I'm like, he's going to win best director because he could have easily- He just- could have just completely ethered him. He could have yeah, ethered him he, and embarrassed him in front of the whole room, even by referencing it. And everybody knew this man was wrong. And I'm sure this man, like 10 minutes later, was like, holy shit. I just confused John Gordon, John Houston. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, I, I mean, I've made mistakes all the time. I, you, like I, all the time. So I'm like, I'm not knocking that man. But I'm like, Steven Spielberg could have easily just m- made fun of him or gone for a laugh there. And the fact that he didn't and was so like kind about it, kind of, I was like, man, people really like Steven. That's why people like Steven Spielberg. And I was like, that's why not only do I think he could win Best Director, but I'm like, he really could win Best Screenplay, I guess, would be the long and short of it. Even though like everything everywhere and like Banshees seem like p- potentials in that category. I'm like, I won't not him out, count him out there either. I just feel like he is so, people really like well, him. Well, it's him and Tony, yeah, joint. And like, I was like, oh man, that's like a cool thing. So I was like, so that's my big takeaway is like getting, get Steven Spielberg in a room. And someone and like, thought John Ford was John Houston. Um, <laughs> you know that, him. you know what that reminds me of? Well, two things. It reminds me of the Emmys last year um, in the press room in London when we remember when they had uh, multiple ceremony or not ceremonies but uh locations and uh Jillian Anderson won for the crown for playing Margaret Thatcher and she was in the press room and someone asked her if she talked to Margaret in preparation for the role 
and Jillian was also very gracious and was just like um no I did not talk to Margaret who had been dead for like eight years at that point right um and then uh also like a couple years ago um I it was a um what was that show called oh Black Monday panel Mm -hmm. at TCA and a spirit nominee Regina Hall was on the panel and then uh they took a question I think it was like the first or second question uh and this guy congratulated her on like her Emmy nomination or win and then everyone it was the same thing it was like moderating it was like oh no oh no Mm -hmm. then but like they're like a bunch of jokesters you know that cast so they were all just like that wasn't me (laughs) right it's, it's definitely I mean it's not a unique I'm sure it's happened before but I it just made me laugh that the man really was adamant about finding out what he thought what he told Angelica and also yeah. I'm like does Steven Spielberg has ever even made a movie in Angelica Houston I don't believe so but it still was great to me that, that he was like took the high road I guess I was like Steven Spielberg is a mensch and like that is a great moment I thought what, I was like did he so he wanted to know like what Angelica thought of that scene or yes about about angelica thought of seeing her father i guess in the steven spielberg movie uh so i thought that was uh really interesting and and they talked a lot about like you know the making of the movie and like all this stuff and their collaboration and you know i think i don't know i was like man steven spielberg i don't have him i i had him winning screenplay because i was like hope dicting tony up there but now i was like kind of doubting myself but now i'm like i think i'm gonna put it back i think it could really just like clean up there and i would not I be surprised know what i have in original what do i have and i would not be surprised again i think we said this last week i haven't done it yet and like we said kate is unbelievable in tar but i would not be surprised if michelle williams wins she's really good in the movie and she has a lot of good scenes i mean when she won lead i put her into second and i've kept her there yeah i have her in second she wasn't even gonna get nominated yeah i have her in second too uh um yeah she kind of feels like that performance like she's really good in it she gets a lot to do it but it kind of feels like a platonic ideal um among the contenders i think it might be also like it's not the character is very flawed right i think Mm -hmm. and like at the same time you're like don't dislike her and i wonder if that matters again like not with the i with the unsaid said idea of like just full sexism in the academy i'm like no one is going to really like lydia tar probably right or even if we like her we like to hate her or whatever it is like everyone's going to like michelle even if she's flawed and i could just see that being like a difference maker to me i don't know it is a really nice performance she's like very empathetic i think well the other thing is i feel like you know obviously she's playing spielberg's mom and i think a lot of people a lot of members would have known the real leah adler yes and not only just meeting her socially with like steven taking her to events and stuff but also she owned a restaurant in la he said in the q a <laughs> last night he was like because they were judd avatar was like could you have only done this after your parents have died and he was like no i mean maybe but like he was like my mom always wanted me to do this and like pushed me to do this and he was like, I think she would be so disappointed about the lack of, you know, like uh, that she's not around for the foot traffic, basically, to the restaurant, because uh, this would be a great boom for her business to have uh, Failman's yeah, out was now. Like, he was like always there, like playing hostess. Yeah. I think so, one of like the news magazines did a profile on her, like, I don't know, like maybe like 10, 15 years ago or something. And I think like, you know, when the first trailer for the movie came out, like after TIFF, 
um I think a lot of the the react were just kind of like jokey reactions to uh Michelle's clips in the trailer because she you know that seems like when she screams I'm your mother you know it's just it's like very actressing like a lot very actressy you know and yes but also like that's just what his mother was like she was just like a grown-up child she's like he calls her a peter pan you know right and he said like all her all the kids called her lee not mom he was the only one who called her mom in real life his three his three sisters all called her lee i will say it is very it's a theatrical performance like you're saying and i think rewatching it last night it is a weird movie and we'll see. I mean, like a lot of these movies have flopped or not done well at the box office. And it seems like increasingly hard to get people to go out to see awards movies in theaters. I will say the Fableman's trailer, I think, is not as good, nearly as good as the movie itself. I don't really know how you could promote it with a trailer, honestly, because it's just such a weird movie to promote because it's like, I don't know. It just is like, it's just good. It's very good. And it's like, great. But how do you promote it in a movie? But anyway, she in the trailer... She definitely seems like very theatrical. And in the movie, the first scene is them outside the movie theater going to see like the greatest show on earth. And it is like definitely that big theatrical Michelle Williams, like movies are dreams. Like you don't forget or whatever she says. Right. And it's that, just that's like, like the first line of the trailer that they use. And it's the first line of the movie. And you're like, oh, shit, what is this? Like Selena Meyer meme. But and then you watch it and she's great. And you immediately buy into it because like you said, the the character is like that. So you kind of buy into that's how she sounds and would behave. It doesn't feel like yeah, kind of- And there's, it's, she's not, the the performance is not pitched to that volume, that high volume the entire time. You know, those like, she has very loud moments, right. but she also has a lot of quiet moments too. Um, and she gets to, she gets to play piano. She gets to dance too. <laughs> right. It's kind of, it, it actually reminds me of her Emmy winning Fosse Burden performance. I think it does. And I think I've, I don't what, remember where I read it, but I think that was like when Steven Spielberg was talking about casting this movie and casting people to play his parents, he had mentioned like certain performances that made him think of his mom and dad and family. And like, that was one that he cited for her as being like his mom. So, you know, like kind of watching those things and getting the vibes of like, oh, like this is like, this person could be my mom, basically. Uh, anyway, Fableman's out now. It's it's great, Joyce. Uh, I love it, and people should go see it. It's so good. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a quick two and a half hours. It really Don't is. Be, like, let, take it from me, someone who hates long movies. You I will say, don't uh, feel this runtime. One thing that Tony <laughs> and Kushner, it's funny. It's very funny. One thing Tony Kushner said last night that made me laugh was he was like, they actually had so much material to mine for like this story of Steven Spielberg's family that he was like. I actually was like, can't we do like a 10 episode mini series about this? No. And Steve Tour was like, no. And apparently like in every movie except for West Side Story that they've done, Tony Kushner has always come to Steven Spielberg being like, but what if we did this as like a 10 episode limited series from no. Munich to Lincoln to now Fableman's? He just and, wants to do another Angels in America. And I'll tell you what, Steven Spielberg, right. He should say it. Movies are good. I don't need a limited series. Just do a movie. How about that? That would be yeah, great. Just, if you want to make a movie, make a movie. If you want to make a TV show, make a TV show right. and let the thing be the thing it is. Yes. Uh, Joyce, the other movie coming out this week in only, I think, six or seven hundred theaters, but probably already sold out because it's a, a great potential blockbuster hit that will not be in theaters for more than a week is Glass Onion. Love Glass Onion. Uh, so let's talk about Glass Onion. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, which I'm so excited to do to talk. So well, I guess we'll revisit this when it's on Netflix in, 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 a, in, a, in month, a month. On December 23rd. Uh, 
on December 23rd in a month. So after Christmas, I guess we'll get to maybe in the new year because we'll probably not even be working after. So eventually we'll talk about the spoilers and the last onion, but holy shit, that movie rules. It's so good. Uh, I loved it so much. Um, A lot of fun and it's a lot more intricate than the first movie. Uh, I think I, so I rewatched the first movie and which you can't find. I love, I love a business model where you can't stream the original. It's so wonderful. It's a great time to be in the industry. Uh, you could rent it though. So I did that on Google play. Uh, that was my preferred platform of choice. I don't know what it is. Um, but glass on you, I that is really good. Very fun. Great. Chris Evans, uh, love Anna de Armas. A lot of fun stuff. Glass Onion, I feel like, is almost better in every way. And I still love Knives Out. But Glass Onion is awesome. It's so good. I think I, I prefer, like, the case or mystery or whatever you want to call it in Glass Onion. But I I think I like the ensemble in the first one overall more than I do um, Glass Onion. Although they're all, they're all really good in Glass Onion. But I feel like it was um, a lot more focused on certain characters in the second one i definitely would agree with that i think the first one is much more of an ensemble and this one is not as much of an ensemble like it's definitely more there was a tilted focus on a couple of uh, key key actors and characters and i thought like the first one had more characters too but i think i felt like everyone got their time to shine a little bit but I appreciated that from a filmmaking standpoint because I was like, man, he really isn't. It would have been so easy to just do Knives Out again. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's talked about like how he always wants to like one up himself or do something different, but still in that obviously the mystery, the murder mystery vein. Too. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's so good. I And I I was pretty bullish on it before seeing it. And I actually went even hot, harder on it after. I think it could. Uh, so I have had it in for best picture. and I moved it like way up. I think people will enjoy this immensely. And I think it could really be a strong contender to get nominated and like arguably not win. I don't think it'll win, but I'm like, it could end up being like a good alternate to Fableman's even more than everything everywhere, because I just think that people will love it. And the fact is, do you need to like, so I was thinking like a lot of times for best picture, it needs to be about something or it needs to say like something, right? Like they want to, the Academy we wants to say something about the industry, right? At that time. And so it's not just about the movie. It's about like what the movie means and this and that. And like, sure, like Netflix winning an Oscar is fraught and maybe people don't want that to happen, right? Like we've seen that over and over again. They've never won best picture. But I was like, the fact that this is about, without spoiling it, just from the log line that you see where a tech millionaire is like being, uh, gonna bring his friends to an island. I would say it feels like there is a, relevance there that people will appreciate once they see it about the current culture i and mean I think- they they both of them are relevant they have different messages both of them for but sure like that he it's it's a great satire it is and the first one definitely like obviously like leans in on to trump uh trump america yeah like, uh racism um racism and just, uh you know uh wealth inherited wealth and this one yeah. definitely leans into uh, the tech sector and the idea of disruption and how it is phony a little bit. And I will yeah, say- the, the gang calls themselves the disruptors. Right. And I will say that the, the reason I felt like it could be a more than just a really great entertaining movie, which it is, and I think should just, could it, I would not, like I said, I think Fableman's is better and I would put Fableman's above it. 
and probably Top Gun above it on my personal list. And then maybe Glass Onion. Like those are like the three in there for me at the moment. Um, I feel like it has that little added like relevance to it, cultural relevance. And the other thing I think could be funny is that you could, there's a version of this movie where you read it as like an, a knock on the idea of the Netflix disruption of the industry itself. It's not in there like deeply, but I'm like, if people are like loath to say, we're going to give Netflix an Oscar, which maybe they had been in the past. Uh, this is a funny movie to have. If it ever won, it would be kind of ironic that this would be the one that wins, I guess. It would also be ironic because I don't think if you asked anyone on January 1st, 2022, what like Netflix's number one would be, I don't think anyone would have guessed Glass Onion. And it kind of more and more so feels like that's their top contender. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it. It's hard to say, like, I was going to say it, like, stands out a little bit because it's so entertaining in the field of movies that are, like, a little more serious. But, I mean, there are, it is the, this is, again, we've talked about, like, the potential to have, like, a Top Gun. Fableman's is very entertaining. It's not, like, a serious drama downer. And, like, Everything Everywhere, obviously, is, too. That these are, like, really audience-friendly movies that, you know, people will maybe... Yeah, I like, I think the first one just missed because um, yes. I got into PGA, which has a hard 10. Yeah. And I think like in that year, they had nine nominees. So I think Knives Out just missed Best Picture then. It got the screenplay nomination for Ryan Johnson. Um, right. So like this time, he would be an adapted because he's right. adapted on characters. Um, so I still have it in adapted. I had it in Best Picture for a while. I might put it back in. Um, I'm thinking about dropping triangle of sadness or avatar i haven't decided yet i could drop both of them but then i'm like i need to add something else too right i I took glass onion all the way up to fourth my top five are fablemans everything everywhere banshees glass onion and tom gun it's definitely i mean it's gonna be watched we know that it's gonna it it has the the don't look up spot this year on netflix it does but it's way more it's not as polarizing everyone loves it so i have it in for for picture and i have it in for screenplay as well I put it in for production design because I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the the set is so cool. The glass onion, as it were, of the island that uh, Miles Braun, the Edward Norton character, uh, brings everyone to is just gorgeous. And I put it in for score because Nathan Johnson, because I interviewed. You talked to Nathan Johnson. Correct. Uh, it's a great score, though. I, I did really love it. And I think it's very memorable. And while it's a sequel yeah. one... I, I think it definitely improves. It's like improves on and like is much more. Uh, it's different enough. Well, from this like he wasn't nominated for the first one. No. So and I like so I I kind of have it in there and then I put it in for best editing because and I actually moved it way up to the top of best editing. I think the way he tells a story and as you'll see, not to spoil it, but like it, the way he reveals the mystery is different from the original film and it kind of like is a masterclass of like editing and recontextualizing what you have seen previously i was just like kind of blown away yeah and it, it's gonna so i um i talked to janelle monet so did you put her I in the stars i know i because i'm not you oh, okay uh, so uh <laughs> and but no like we were talking about because i said like this is definitely well i i was asking her basically like what do you hope when uh people rewatch the movie what do you hope they pick up from your performance that they didn't the first time because mm-hmm. um, they're going with blank slate and she's she was like i hope people rewatch and i was like people are going to rewatch this movie like everyone is going to rewatch this movie which is only going to help it yeah because you're, I- you're going to rewatch it maybe just because you love it but most people are going to watch it because they want to pick up on the clues that they miss 
it, it's really, time. really, really well done. Yeah, and Actually, the editing I, is such a huge part of it. So I put in for editing. And then the only place I was like torn. So I have it in, like I said, editing, production design, score, picture, screenplay. I have not put it in for actors yet. The two I thought of well, that with like conceivable space, Janelle for supporting actress uh, would be awesome. I just think it's like too crowded. I don't I don't know. I think she gets some like critical groups, but I don't know. About... I, I have her in at SAG and the Globes, I think. I think I do too. Yeah. So it could be like a self-fulfilling prophecy then like we've talked about where if she keeps getting nominated things, maybe eventually people are just like, well, I'm going to nominate her, right? Like it's it's a great performance. Um, and it's it's basically like the Anna de Armas role, but uh, bigger. Yes. I think she has a lot more to do than Anna de yes. Armas did. Uh, the other person I was wondering, and I did not do this, but I do have him in, I think, at SAG. What about Daniel Craig for Best Actor, Joyce? It's so light. It is just so light. I mean, they'd have to go absolutely crazy for the movie. But he's so much fun. He's doing that Foghorn so Leghorn accent. And like, I think he's he had even more fun this time than he did in the first one. <laughs> he seems like he did. It's It's both. It's way more fun. And you could be like, oh, is it? Is he? too uh is it too unserious of a performance but i think he does tread the line like perfectly i don't think he'll get in but i could see him getting like a sag no, i mean he'll get in at the globes and again. i could see him getting sag honestly too and again i have tom well, well, speaking of sag i think the ensemble will get in this time it didn't get in last time i think purely because it was just too late it came out this exact same time yes. frame um three years ago um thanksgiving weekend but obviously it was it's so weird to call it an IP now, but it was an original idea back then. Mm -hmm. um, it was a theatrical release from Lionsgate. And even though, like, I mean, I was definitely anticipating a movie for, like, a year and a half when it was first announced, but it wasn't, you know, the same type of, like, it, it wasn't really seen as, like, a top Oscar contender or anything, mm -hmm. or even, like, a huge box office hit. You just hope it'll be, like, a moderate success. And it just exceeded everyone's expectations. But I think it just came too late, and that was also the season were with the shortened um season because the oscars were february 9th right so i think it and you know sag you need to be early with them so i think it would have gotten in an ensemble otherwise if they had just like another week and they got the screeners out earlier to the nomcom mm -hmm. um but i think it's probably fine this year because like netflix will probably get the screener out soon to the nomcom and like voting starts december 5th it goes for a month um and like everyone's definitely gonna watch it when it hits netflix if not this week when it's in theaters in 600 theaters across i the think it's yeah it's definitely gonna be like a high priority watch yeah uh and then the other thing i was like again this is a crazy category very crowded ryan johnson best director choice we actually got in a listener email about that too about ryan johnson and director yes do you think ryan johnson can get in for director but I don't know. I don't have him in, but it would be awesome. I don't see a way it could happen only because I just feel like he definitely, I think he's pretty safe or adapted screenplay, like we said, and that category is like not loaded with contenders and he was a previous nominee, but I'm just like, do people, and I think it should be highly considered for all those craft categories, like I mentioned, but I just don't know if they, people take him as seriously as a director. You know, I kind of feel like it's like a Joseph Kaczynski type vibe where it's like the movie's great. We love the movie, love all these different things. But whatever, and like Denny Villeneuve last year with Dune, we're not going to 
reward the director for whatever reason. Well, He's going to be like six. Joseph Kaczynski, I think that's more, in my mind, I just feel like Tom Cruise is seen as the auteur of yes, Top Gun Maverick. But with yes. Ryan, I think you're just, it's it's still seen more as a writing achievement because of how, like the script, like how he plots right. everything. Like this is an original idea. It's going to be unadapted, but like, right. I think that's, because it's like you want to see like the case he came up with and it is very well directed it is Um, and i think like all the parts of it are but all the things that are great about the movie are because he's the director but i do think it's much more thought of as like he wrote like the writing aspect of it than him but i would be i mean no one is i'm not going to predict him either but it would be really cool but i would just like it would be nice but i don't think so i guess i guess we'll see uh so glass onion. I'm not. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to get a chance to see it again in the theater, Joyce, because it's only out for a week. Yeah, it's only out for a week, so you have to wait uh four weeks to see it on Netflix. And then I will immediately watch it on Netflix. Yes. Uh, yeah, Joyce- this is like yeah, like everyone's going to rewatch this movie after they see it the first time. So, <laughs> Joyce, the last things we had here, I wrote down was uh, she said at the box office, Joyce. Sad. Uh, big flop. We expected that. I think we were talking about that on. Friday in our column. It seemed like uh, hard to imagine people running out to see it, especially in a 2000 theater uh, wide release. Yeah, it should have been a platform release. And uh, probably, and also coming out between the Fablemans, like platform release and wider release, it just felt like Universal is not, it's not their top priority this month, seemingly. No, I mean, like Fablemans was, is always, has always been Universal's number one. Yes. Um, but yeah, it should have been uh, a platform release just just to save itself from the headlines that we knew were coming. Because yes. it, it was not going to do that well in wide release. And um, it, it seemed and like a lot, of, a lot of the wrong people like reveled in the flopping. Um, Including that, Harvey. Then Harvey, well, it, not, not him specifically his even lawyer. though the headline was misleading yes. but his his rep released his a statement rep or his lawyer let me see yeah we're, i'm not gonna read it i'm not gonna we're not gonna give uh give him the oxygen no, but uh, but like the the headline made it sound like harvey weinstein was interviewed about this or he the the statement was from him correct yeah but and it, it wasn't, wasn't. It, it was, was from, from uh let me see i want to make sure we get it right a spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, I very seriously before when I saw it, when I saw it bombing, and I was disappointed. I very seriously considered taking it out of my best picture picks. Joyce, we talked about like what will what will it take for me to drop? She said because I love the movie; it's so good. And I even talked to a regular person this weekend who went on his own to see it and was like, "She said's great," and I'm like, "It is. People would like it if they saw it. I really think that." But I was like, "It definitely has now this stink of uh, flopping." on it which i think sometimes is is a bad a bad bad mojo for an oscar contender right you don't want to like vote for something that has been rejected by the audiences so much um but i kept it in because i was like i'm not letting uh the bad guys win i'm gonna keep it in so i'm i'm an ally choice so i kept it in wow that, yep, that's so brave of you <laughs> that's um, so brave for you strong <laughs> i i also like i don't understand the thought process because it's not like this got horrible reviews and it bombed like that's one thing no but it has great reviews and obviously like people didn't go out to see it in droves which again everyone expected correct but i don't know why like 
you would you would be deterred from seeing a movie you might be interested in seeing because I, it didn't make money at the box office opening I think weekend. people think that way though I think they're deterred it's like I don't it, understand like, like if I wanted to see this movie and I just couldn't make it out opening weekend and I see like I, I, would, I would just be sad that it tanked but I'm right. like I'm still gonna see it because I was planning on seeing it anyway and right. it sounds interesting you know like, I think that I mean I think you are righteous but I think most people are like a lot of people are like oh this is a flop I'm not gonna care I, I gotta I can't do it now it's just I don't I yeah I mean I, I still think like for within the industry I think people will still watch it because I think there is like a sector of voters who want to see how they deal with this and you know I, I also think that Harvey I also think that seeing Harvey Weinstein come out and gloat about it through a spokesperson because he didn't actually do it will potentially help well I mean like you kind of see this it's funny because the movie like definitely talks about all this stuff and like in like real time but there's a scene in the movie where uh one of the women is debating whether she should come forward about her experiences with harvey weinstein and she like tells the times reporter uh i think jody kander uh, zoe, zoe kazan character that she's not going to talk and then like literally like the next cut is she gets a phone call from a woman on behalf of harvey weinstein who is like oh yeah, maybe you shouldn't, you know, we haven't talked in so long, but like, how about you get a production deal or something? And like, we don't think you should talk. And she's basically like, fuck you. Now I'm going to talk. Cause she's so mad. Right. Like at the idea that like he would try to silence her again. And like the next scene, she's now talking and telling her story. And I wonder if that will have a similar <laughs> effect of this, that when he's out there gloating that it did so poorly, will people be like, oh, F you. I'm obviously going to watch this now. And oh, yeah, like, like there's like definitely going to be some reactions like that but i right. think like there's also going to be people just like we just lived through this it, like i'm not interested in seeing this again but also the other thing that's i don't know if it's funny or is the right word but like literally in the movie like uh carrie mulligan and uh zoe kazan like they're they're kind of not reluctant but they're wary of like pursuing the story because they're like we're gonna put in so much like blood sweat and tears to try to tell these women's stories um, and expose him. But what if people just don't care about it in the end? Right. And that's kind of like, if you're just basing it purely on box office, right. that's right. what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I saw like the other thing is, is like, I don't know, like the general public, like, I think like, you know, us like in the circle, like we are invested in this movie and we're interested in the movie um and then you know like film twitter and everything too but I, like i don't know if like just like regular people are like that like i feel like a, a lot of regular people had never even heard of harvey weinstein until five years ago right think, like they might yeah. have like seen the name like when they watch movies like you know in the credits and stuff but they don't really follow him closely so i think like their main exposure to him was five years ago and he's not an actor or anything right so he doesn't have like stands like defending him or something you know and so i just wonder if like there's just like not that level of public interest in him because he was just kind of an unknown quality quantity to the public at, at large right too and then they just it was so recent too and I mean, it opened in, like we said, like 2,000 theaters. The other thing I think is that like 
it's not unique based on this year. Like we said, Tar was like not did not do very well. Armageddon but that was time. that was still limited release. That was not in two thousand theaters. It wasn't in two thousand theaters, but it's already on VOD, and they expanded it like soon after. And like nobody. Yeah, but like, I think that's also part of like Focus has like some deal with. Like, yeah no i get it. i get it but i'm like these movies have been like roundly rejected throughout the season no i mean like till one even wider and no <laughs> so I, I don't think you could say it's a she said issue more so of like a who is going to the movies and why are they going issue and like are you going to get people well to yeah go? and also viewing habits have changed right. since covid and like there's so. nothing you could say like as a huge i mean like i like seeing moods in the theater and I think it's great. And I would, I love seeing She Said in theater. And I would go again to support it like IRL. I haven't yet. But I would say like, it's not a movie that like is, if you're only going now to the movie theaters to see something in the biggest scope possible, She Said is a small drama in conference rooms and on telephones. And it's not like Wakanda Forever, where you're going to see like a giant sea creature and like all this special effects stuff. So yeah, like one of my friends, I think I've told you this before, but he only movies are expensive now too so he only goes to the movies to see blockbusters and action movies to make his money really worth it and he also has kids too so it's like he has to get like a sitter ask like his parents to like yeah it's really tough like it's like yeah and so he's like he only goes to see like the the four quadrant films and then he'll just if he wants to see like a small drama or something he'll just wait for it to stream or whatever and we see that over and over again. I'll be curious to see what uh, Fablemans does this weekend. I don't think it'll do great. Um, I, it did okay, like in the four theaters over the weekend. So, but yeah. And then uh, Joyce, we could wrap up with uh, listener emails. Got one here. You could email us, Joyce, at uh, slugfests at goldderby.com. And we're going to do an email show, I think we said, at the end of the year. So get your emails in. It'll be like 10 minutes long because it'll just be two. (laughs) No, there'll be more. We're getting a steady flow. I'm telling you, people are are excited to email us. They want us to read about uh, their things. This is from James. He writes, uh, he follows a lot of Marvel uh, adjacent channels. And once and they all are very excited about Angela Bassett getting a nomination for Wakanda Forever. I feel like Angela is the most underrated and under-nominated actress of her time. I'd have her nominated for her role in Waiting to Exhale, where she was without peer and burnt her ex-husband's everything up. An incredible scene. Will she get nominated for Wakanda Forever? Thanks, James. What do you think, Joyce? We don't have her in. No. Um, James, uh, totally agree. She is under-nominated. Yes. Should definitely have more than one. But um, I, after I saw Wakanda Forever, I made no changes anywhere. <laughs> No, uh, we never really followed up on kind of forever. So we've seen it. We could do a spoiler chat here because uh, it's been out for weeks. Uh, she dies in the movie, Joyce. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the reason why um, people are so gung-ho and supportive in their desire of wanting her to get a nomination for this. In addition to, she is very good in the movie, but I think the the death of the queen, Queen Ramonda. Yeah, has something to do with it too. I will say, I keep going back to if Michael B. Jordan get did not get nominated for the original Black Panther, I don't think any of the people in the new Black Panther, while all good, would get nominated uh, yeah. as an actor because I thought his performance was so great and he was on like a real ascent there from like Creed and like had a, like a lot of extenuating things where you could argue that he could have easily gotten in. 
with the narrative and with the performance and the movie and the scope of the movie. And here, none of the performers, I think, hit that level. So that's why I didn't put her in. But she is very good in the movie. I mean, I'll be honest, even before I saw the movie, I was getting MBJ vibes from all the hype about Angela. Yeah. I just felt like this is this was kind of just like a stan, like film Twitter thing and just just a, a Angela Bassett stan thing. Like we all want her to win an Oscar, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah like she has um yeah, the one her her Oscar clip is like the one that's in the trailer, the first trailer, um, when she's yelling at Okoye. And yeah. it's really moving and um I but like when I watched it, I just felt like I I, I I don't know like I I felt like it's I expected this and I don't like I, if she got in I'll be like sure great congratulations to her um would not be upset no but I just I guess I just wouldn't personally nominate her right <laughs> so uh, no offense to Angela Bassett no, who right. has also uh she has said that she was very against dying in the movie yeah Joyce I I spoke to the screenwriter Joe Robert Cole didn't post yet so i won't like give away the secrets but i asked him about like uh that and he said it was a, a definitely a discussion to kill her off but he explained why that had to happen and i will just leave it at that you i'm gonna tease that and you can watch i mean i think interview. if you watch the movie you see why it happened yeah, or you understand why it happened yeah uh here's another one last one here we have uh harold writes was wondering if you think guillermo del toro's pinocchio can be a big player this year with the hype from af- uh, with high- after it drops on Netflix, I have it predicted in four to five categories and winning best animated feature. Now, we both have a winning animated feature, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't have it anywhere else. I think you have it in for score. I have it in score, um, this plot. Um, yes. I don't think I put it into production design, but I considered it. Um, yeah, I could see it also getting to best picture, too. <laughs> Like we said, um, there's a lot of room and flexibility. Yeah. So uh, at the bottom. I don't think I have it anywhere else besides those two. It comes out on Netflix, I believe, December 9th. So yeah. pretty soon. Um, but I think I think they do love him. He and, got in last year for Nightmare Alley. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. Um got four noms, including Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So and um yeah, it's on Netflix. So I think it it will be watched, although I guess you could just, maybe it might take like convincing of some people to watch a Pinocchio movie. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like it has great reviews. And again, like he's he's beloved. So I, I can see it. If you're talking about, about Best Picture, I can see it getting into Best Picture. I can see it getting into Best Picture. I don't have it in, but I, I could see it. Yeah. Uh, so if you want us to answer something, email us at slugfest at goldderby.com. Choice, that's all I got. Anything else you want to say before we sign off for the Thanksgiving holiday? Um, what movie are you most thankful for this year? Top Gun Maverick? Wow. Uh, probably Top Gun Maverick, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I honestly, or Glass Onion. I guess I would say the reason, while I think Top Gun is better, I was like doing such a great job with a sequel, I think is really tough and Top Gun qualifies too, but it's so long ago. It feels like just like a remake, honestly, because it's like 35 years or whatever since the original. But, you know, Glenn's Onion is such a great success. And like so soon after the first one, I was like very impressed with that. So I get those two. How about yourself? 
Um, uh, I'll just be basic and say I'm thankful for Lydia Tar. Ah, nice. Love Lydia Tar. Love Lydia Tar. All right. Well, we'll talk next week. Bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at goldderby. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.